Adrian Black, Cameron Argler. <laughs> My second ink is Cameron's hat. But I'll, I'll digress. We love that for you. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of We Love That For You. I'm your boy, Adrian Black, and I'm obviously joined by my best and best friend and co-host. I'm Cameron Argler. We're back again. <laughs> we are. Um, so today we actually have a really, really close friend of mine and also one of my favorite people in the world. His name is Drew Shever. He is here to chat about corporate America in our own episode called we love corporate America. Drew, hi. How's it going? <laughs> it's good to see you guys. Uh, first of all, I miss you so much, even it's, though I just saw you the other day. I mean, it's been a hot <laughs> minute. But the other day was recent, so yeah. I okay. miss you too, you know. It's been, it's been a little day long. At the Brightly? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, before that, it was a while. So. It was, yeah. So like, it's not, it's not that far-fetched. Um, so really quick, I'm going to play one of your favorite games. It's okay. called Outfit of the Day. Are gonna we, be like a TikToker. Alpha to the Should day. we okay, okay, do that? Go, I mean, we're not, we're not gonna stand up or anything because okay. we're not TikTok people. We're not. A, yeah. Um, it's okay. So, do you want to go first? Or should, well, I'll go first. Obviously. Yeah. So, okay. Um, starting with busted Air Force Ones. Um, Bruno Cuccinelli <laughs> pants. It's you know giving big purr. Yeah. And this is custom made by my friend in Istanbul. His brand is called Sam. C is it Sam C? Yeah, okay, okay. Sam, Sam C Studios. C Studios. I think that's what it is. He's yeah. the creative director for Istanbul Vogue. Oh no way! So he's like phenomenal. I like it, I like it. Uh, Drew. Wait, what about, I, your, what about your hat? <laughs> that's a good question. It's hiding my hairline. It's clean. <laughs> it's fresh. Thanks. It's uh, you know I had a hairline. Yeah, it's fresh look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. But yeah. We got, we got of, yeah. So I will go with. My outfit here, uh, I have some Saint Laurent like canvas boots on right now, uh, and then I got some Club Monaco jeans on, so just very simple. Yeah. And then this is actually one of my favorite newer brands that I found um, thanks to actually a reliable Instagram ad called Luca Filoni, and they just make really great linen products. Not a, not an so ad, soft. but it's 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 like yeah. they're very reasonable too for for linen. Um, and then my jean jacket is also Saint Laurent as well. So, okay, girl. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice I'm a little YSL, you know. It's YSL baby. Huh? YSL baby. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? It's something that I, I kind of have on speed dial uh, there. Cam. Okay, yeah. I just have some, I, I got some basic runners. I'm a, I have the Zara What's fit. What's the brand? I have the Zara fit. I don't know the brand. I don't even know what these are. It's like right there. It's, yeah. It's cloud. What, what is this? What is this? I don't know what this is. Oh, look at that flexibility. Oh, oh. Owen. <laughs> Owen. Owen, yeah. I, I, I have no idea what this brand is. You know, so, someone's actually you. wearing my shoes right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not you me. Know the <laughs> Are you talking about these busted Air Force Ones? <laughs> Those ones, yeah. Anyways, anyways, uh, I'm team. I'm team Zara all the way. So I got Zara pants, Zara shirt. You know, just a just a blank tee and mm -hmm. the Atlas Amalot. It's from Paris. It's some brand from Paris. Okay, that's cute. Yeah, that's cute. They yeah. make cute wallets. I mean, everyone has Zara in their closet. Like yeah, I have plenty of Zara. Zara. I have I have plenty of Zara. It's just a go-to. I think most of my Zara is the stuff yeah. I stole from Adrian's, but mm -hmm. that's you know. I he's, mean, I have a lot of Zara in my closet. He's got it's a the good, basics. He's got like a very good because when you go to Zara, it's hard to like you know find the right clothes in there. Adrian can go in there and find the hot pieces and put it together in an outfit. In five and it'll, minutes, I'm in it'll, and it'll 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 look great. Five, five minutes, huh? In and out, straight to Bloomingdale's. Yeah, right. Find me at Century City Mall. Let's say like forty-five minutes. 
I mean, no, then that's at, that's at Bloomingdale's. Anywho, Drew, thank Anyways. you for Anyways. outfit of the day. I know it's your favorite game. Um, we are gonna get jump right into our favorite favorite topic. Okay, let's do it. Or favorite industry? I don't know. It's called corporate America. It runs America. You work. I mean, does it? <laughs> so favorite industry, huh? Corporate America. I don't know about all that. I mean, but. I mean, I, did I say that? Yeah. I meant I meant an industry that exists. That our good friend works in. Drew, can you give a little intro of yourself? I know you are a huge tech girl guy. Yeah. So I I mean I can go. Do you want to talk about current today or go back yeah. to when corporate life starts? Start with life? who is Drew, what he does, and how you are the person for corporate America, the episode on corporate America. Yeah. So I feel like I've always been a business person from a young age. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I, I started my own company that was a, like a, a cellular repair, iPhone repair company, uh, used that to basically fund my, buy my first car and then go to college. I got some scholarships, but also it subdued some of the costs there. Um, and so went to college and got an accounting degree, which I knew I absolutely was not planning on using, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was a very solid backup. Nothing against accountants out there. Like I, I don't, you know, dislike them. We all needed them. Um, it was just not my forte, but I really like the teachers in the program. And I think that makes a huge difference when you're, you know, going through a college major. Um, and so that's where I really enjoyed, uh, the, the teachers, which, you know, made me choose that program. And then I ended up graduating and joining Cisco, uh, which is the current company I work for. And it has nothing to do with my major. Uh, but I, I absolutely love it so much more than where I thought I'd like accounting. Uh, which I'm not surprised by. Uh, and currently I do sales slash consulting with Cisco. I've been there for eight or nine years now. I've joined them actually before I could legally drink, um, which is <laughs> uh, when they flashed that up on my like work anniversary of over like seven years, I was like, I forget that I've been here. For the here. record, how old are you now? I'm 29. <laughs> so, <laughs> we all know what that means. But okay. <laughs> so it's like when I saw this, I was a little shocked because it just shows how easy it is to get, you know, you know, um, content and corporate culture. And uh, I currently do um, consulting for one of the largest companies in the world. Um, and it's a, one of the largest other tech companies when we're talking about on the scale of Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Apple, and, and likes of those areas. That's insane. So yeah. just to throw some stats on you, the Wall Street Journal calculates about 36.2% of people work either for a large corporation or a very large corporation. So you are what funding the U.S. economy essentially? I I would I would not say I'm funding on the scale Taylor Swift is currently. <laughs> um, you know because she's just you know her and Beyonce are kind of just owning the world right now when it comes to driving the economy. Um, but I would say I drive currently today about I've done for Cisco personally I've probably drove a quarter of a billion dollars worth of revenue since I've started the account. Um, and then to, on an annual basis, I'm now doing well over eight. How much do you make a year? Uh, that is not something that is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Give us a ballpark. Is it above half a mil? It's, it's, yeah, it's in that range. Um, it we love I mean, that it's right around that range because it depends you. on the year. <laughs> it, it really depends on the year. Like I, I've, you know, I've, I've had years as low as actually to, to speak about it. Just, I mean, this is probably going to be my, one of my lowest years that I, that I've had. Um, is that like 400 K or no, it's, it's, it's uh, a, it's a low year. 
The low year is four, so the I, I would say the past 400? three years, okay, I've okay. averaged between 400 and 650K. I'm, I'm still stuck at 400 is a low year. That's. I mean, yeah. look at. It Jay depends Jay. on the kind of lawyer. Because I'm dealing with one of those right now, too. <laughs> I mean, you didn't see all the YSL drip. It's the YSL. Um, Drew, why did you specifically choose a career in corporate America outside of your nearly a million dollar salary? Um, the salary came afterwards. I just really didn't. Honestly, before I, I did corporate America, I wanted to do something called a search fund, um, but that required going to an MBA program, and I wasn't really ready to go to an MBA program. Uh, and a, a search fund is basically like an investment vehicle where you just get a lot of investors to invest in you, and they give you a certain amount of capital to run a operation for two years to find a company to acquire that meets a certain amount of EBITDA earnings. Um, and then uh, after that, you become the CEO of the company and the investors you get fund the acquisition of the company and you run it. Um, so that's something that's still in my plan to do. And so that's what originally what I wanted to do. And then I couldn't find out what I wanted to do beyond um, that. And there was this opportunity that came up with Cisco. And I always thought about doing the thing that I'm doing more like the office episodes where people are selling paper. And I was like, <laughs> Dunder Mifflin? I know, I know I have like more to life than, than selling paper. And mm. I was like, I don't want to be that sales guy. And then, you know, I, I did the, the internship with, with Cisco and I realized it's a very much different process because it's when you get with these customers that are on the scale of the ones that I work with, it's not about what can I sell you? It's about legitimately what challenges are you having and how can I fix mm. those? And that provided more value for me in my daily job than it would have been to be like, can I just beat you on cost? Like, what's the next lowest paper company, if we're using that as an example? Um, and so from there, it's when I actually learned what the process was and how you actually have, you know, at, at some customers, you'll have badges to their offices, like you're an employee of them, because that's how much they trust you. Like, it's, it's really a relationship-focused game, and so it really comes down to how much do you like interacting with people and being able to help those people become successful. I didn't and know you like interacting with people. I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding now. I, I do. There's there's a lot of my customers I do like uh, that I work with, and you know I, I do care about when they're having a new baby or a kid. Um, it's just when I get too much people interaction, it can become a lot because it's like when you're working with so many different people. I mean, I'm talked to probably 15 different people today alone, yeah. just in a single day, and. And, and some I, of them are in different continents. Yeah, right? it's it's yeah. different continents, different like you know just different personalities, different variations of what they do, and it just becomes exhausting because not only do you have to be like a very polite and you know human being and recognize the difficulties they're going through because no no one's perfect, but it's like you just have to constantly be on top of your game because you don't always have a close relationship with these people. So. Therefore, when I go out to just enjoy myself after work, I don't want to go meet randomly new people because. You know, I'm doing that during my G job, and it's I just want to be around my close friends. So, how did you end up finding your internship and starting with Cisco Systems? You, you've mentioned you've been there for about eight eight years now. Yeah. How did you start there? How did you find so it? My dad actually, and I, I feel like this is going to sound somewhat, um, what do they call that? Nepotism. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, my dad never worked for Cisco. I'll put that out there. He bought from a Cisco sales rep. Mm -hmm. Um. And they had a very close relationship. They would go golfing together. They would go on trips together. Like it was a friendship outside of their working relationship. 
and he asked, you know, he knew all of my, our family's names. Like he knew, like he would come out to dinner with our family. It was a very like close interaction. Um, and this guy has been very successful at, at Cisco and, and I'm not sure if he's still with the company anymore, but I, I definitely, you know, am grateful that, cause I told him straight up, I was like, I don't want to go to that job when he talked to me about it. <laughs> Why is that? Because it's sales. <laughs> so it's like, and then he told me like, you know, the, I, I just assumed, always assumed sales was like the office. And like, I loved watching the office. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. But I'm like, you're literally like, this is like Dwight and Jim and like all of them just going. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm sure you have some characters like that in your office, oh, right? Uh, they're, they're, Every office has that, right? They're all there. The office. But it's like. No, not literally, but. You know. But there, uh, I mean, yeah. no, there, there, I, I can. There's, there's examples of where, I mean, <laughs> there's absolutely those characters that, that play some of those roles in the office and it's fun, but it's also like <laughs> takes away from the purpose of doing your job. Literally. <laughs> so, so, um, anyways, when he got down and told me about, and he was like, give it a try, give it a try. And I was like, okay. And you know, I did, and I, I realized it was actually something really fun. I met some of my closest friends that I still have today, just at one of their weddings. So um, through the whole transition, I ended up getting a full-time job offer where they sent us all a Raleigh for two years to do like basically an MBA type training program, and then mm -hmm. they let us gave us like a ten-year advancement in our career from that. So wow, it was it was a very fast track. Like they've had this program for twenty or thirty years. How would someone in who wants to get to do what you do get started with that? So there's a, there's a lot of areas and I, I think it's a job no one really goes and searches for, yeah. which is interesting. You know, it's kind of like, I always describe my job as like a diamond in the rough because well, it's you're not a diamond in the rough, Drew. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, we you love have that to, for you guys. You, you have to <laughs> have a little bromance. <laughs> oh my God. They're going to think we're dating people. <laughs> no. We're single. We're both single. We're both single. Are, you sure? Are you sure? I'm still looking for <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> Any key boys out there, don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, Wait, okay. I just had to flop that line once. That's the only thing I wanted to get accomplished. Okay. I don't know. If, anyways, um, so, so go back to the yeah, question. The question. <laughs> um, no. So there's, there's this business called tech sales, which is a business to business tech sales thing. I mean, every large company has it. You have, there's a company called SAP, which does, you know, customer success stuff. There's, you know, Salesforce. Mm -hmm. There is Apple. There is, that it has their own business. There is Google, um, Microsoft, um, you know, Cisco, who I said I work for. Uh, there's other like companies on that level that just do business to business sales. And there is a, there's a process that's associated with this. And there's also, it's, it's kind of like being a real estate agent in a way too. It's like, it's a high-end real estate a agent. Glorified you, real estate yeah. agent. It's, it, it really is because you actually have to know the technology stuff of it. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not going to lie, the beginning real estate agent's hard too. Like you have to go hunt for every dollar. So I don't want to take away from that either. But it's, it's basically like you don't, unless you know someone that's part of this industry, whether it be a friend, like, a, like, like I said, my dad was buying from someone mm -hmm. that was in this job. That's how I found out about it. And it's not something you're taught about in college. You know, you're taught about sales, yeah. but it's mostly from a consumer perspective. It's like, mm -hmm. how do you get a customer to buy your product? So then you look at like Starbucks, for example, or even your guys' lovely sponsor here. Like, how are they going to get a customer to buy that? It's never from a, how do you get a business to go buy that product? Yeah. 
So it's it's interesting. So it's like a very uncommon job that is sort of a diamond in a rough, like you described. Yeah. Gotcha. And you got it because you're a Nepo baby. I wouldn't say that because <laughs> I didn't have any connections at the company. I mean, my dad's friend worked there, but like I still had to go through. There's people that's parents were, you know, VPs at the company that were in there. So it's like gotcha. it. The, the, so lots of Nepo babies. No, I, again, <laughs> I wouldn't have known about it if I didn't have my. Yeah. And so the, I, I think there's a difference between getting it because your family has an influence over hiring it versus getting it just because you were told about it from a, like, like the, of the internship, there were 30 of us in there and they only brought 12 of us on finally at the end. And it was all determined wow. through like a 12, like I would have loved to have a camera show, TV show through this internship program. We were all, <laughs> we were all like trying to compete against each other. Um, it was like, like dog eats dog Um Drew, you're made for a camera. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your first position there? Was it an entry-level position? So yeah, they they basically paid us to spend two years at a training program there and they guaranteed okay. us six figures, you know, in the second year. Mm -hmm. So we, we didn't make exactly six figures the first year, but the second year we were making six figures and that was all just to sit in a classroom and learn at Zord. And you do your master's program at the same time while you're working or it's, how does that work? So that's the thing. It's not really a master's. It's not uh -huh. like an official master's program. Yeah, yeah. They're just paying to become basically a master's for Cisco. You've been there eight years now in the company. Yeah. What are, what are some of the biggest pros and cons that you have working there? Yeah, what are your icks? So let's start with the positives. Sure. Yeah, love that. I yeah. absolutely love the people <laughs> that I work with. Like, I have met lifelong friends mm. that I have never connected more with. The, like, Cisco is really great at just hiring great people. We are the number one place to work for a company voted out of any other company in America. Uh, so if you look at Forbes, number one place to work, that's Cisco that gets that top rating. But no one's ever heard of Cisco, really. They really don't. Yeah. Because it's it's a business to business company. Yeah. And and you know I was talking about this earlier about how the only people know Cisco as is the phones they see in a TV show. Oh my god! Yeah, we don't even have phones in the office. And anymore. and now it's like all the stuff that I do has nothing to do with those phones. It's all stuff that in a data center you'll never walk through because if you are, you're lost out of your mind. So <laughs> there's software and stuff that runs in the applications you're using. There's stuff in the background happening that allow us to send a text message together. That's all. They say 90% of the internet runs on Cisco equipment. Oh, wow. So it's like all those data pipes that are happening between, you know, Europe and New York. Like, it's like, have you ever thought about how a text message gets from you to me in a second? No. Yeah. Because you shouldn't no. have to because it should be easy. And that yeah. we're the ones that provide that infrastructure to basically do that between all the large companies. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I, honestly, yeah. we love that for you. Uh, uh, um. So, so you would say, is there a good culture within your company? Absolutely. Yeah. They they are very transparent on issues. Um, the first thing they did when COVID happened, which really you know stuck out for me, was when it was we were like very short into COVID, and there was a weekly meeting within the leadership team. And they brought doctors on. They like brought on, we have a chief doctor, medical staff officer, and he would just like answer questions like, can dogs get COVID? Like how does your employees like- At a tech company. Yeah. The and, doctor on staff. Yeah. Oh, well, they, we, they have all the like, like it was, they treat their employees so well. And I, I will give them like, 
they are incredibly great to their employees. And I'm not saying this is just a Cisco thing. Like I'm like a lot of companies are really, you know, stepped up to support their employees. And, um, you know, even if you want to discuss the hard topics of when layoffs happen, they give, you know, three to six months severance packages and they give you three months just to find a job within the company to, to just try to get that. If you decide you don't want that, they'll give you a six months, six months straight up front with, and then you still have healthcare benefits even before that. So mm. it's, it's like, they are very, like, obviously no one wants layoffs, but if you guys have been following the news, everyone knows tech companies have been doing layoffs. Like, um, that crazy. It's, it's, it's insane. That crazy, yeah. Um, but I think it's about how you go about doing it. Are you it. worried? What? Are you worried? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to sound. We love I mean, that for you. Actually, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. You, when you get laid off at a tech company, it's not because you're bad at your job. It's because you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, I have a friend, you know, who is bad at her job and she's in tech. But anywho. It's, it's <laughs> really like, at Cisco, it's, I don't want to, I hate to like keep calling him out as an example because it's not, I don't know if it's really yeah, fair to them. But corporate America has a general it's, example. It's all about rebalancing to where they're growing towards. So they want to rebalance towards customer success. And so the, the thing is, is like, they set it up in a manner to where if they have to lay off people in one area because they're investing in another area, they have the ability to apply for these jobs that they're doing in the other area they're growing at so that they can off, basically get, be able to get those jobs and see if they're qualified for them. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of, you know, I don't know the statistics around the people that actually get hired back on on that, but I know a lot of the people that I know end up usually back at the company or they end up with a very, like they, they really take care of their employees in the worst of times. And I mean, even when the company's doing well, they do, yeah. you know, take care of them as well. They, they always seem to do the right thing. So, so it seems like you really love it there. Do you think your happiness is attributed to how much you make? Do you think you'd be just as happy if you made, say, 60, 70, 80, 100K versus that? Or would that attribute to it a little bit? So if I was working the hours that I'm working now, I would not be, make, I would not be happy. Mm-hmm. How many hours do you work? It depends on the week, but the past few weeks have been a little more rougher than usual. It's been anywhere from like 16 to 18 hours a day. A day? Yeah. I mean, I told you to start my meetings at 4 a.m. this morning, and I... I 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I do 5 yeah. Oh, 4 a.m. meetings. Yeah. Wow, that's... that's so you have to and be, I went to bed at 10, up, so, so that was like, like... What are you up at, like 2.30, 3? Some days, and sometimes I don't start work till 10 a.m., but it's like, if I... Like, I have to clear those schedules to meet, and I think today, to, like, right now is a very unique time because of the portion I got, and then in terms of there's been some slimming in the company. So it's like we're trying to figure out how to, you know, react around this stuff. I mean, Drew, I, most people would wake up at 4 a.m. if they saw your portfolio. And I've seen Drew's portfolio. Okay. So, <laughs> so you have? Yeah. It's, it's lit. It's lit. Um, Drew, you're young. You dress like this, <laughs> decked out in designer you're not, not married. All the time. You're not married. I'm very single. You have highlights in your hair. How does hair that? way overdue for. You said, for you said very single. <laughs> very that's, like, that's, for the, that's for the audience to like be like. We'll yeah, find you a husband, babe. We'll find my DMs. <laughs> what is your? Uh, what is the ad at on Instagram? What is it? At Drew Sheever. I think it's at Drew Sheever. At Drew underscore Sheever. Under, wait, Should I at, check that up? No, no, we'll tag, we'll tag it. Okay. You guys just like look below. Okay. Um, because it was like when I made an account, underscores were like. <laughs> <laughs> Is it public? 
Yeah. Oh no, it's private. It's private. Oh, oh, okay, I, okay. I can make it public. It's for the right man. Yeah, so. For the right man. <laughs> for the for the right um, person. Do you think just you know being young, being single, and dressing like this affects you in the workplace in corporate America? So no, not at all, because the guys I work with have no idea what I'm wearing. Or the <laughs> girls too. Like, like I'm 90% over video. Right. Okay. Okay. And it's not like I hop on a new outfit of the day with my dad. <laughs> you imagine? <laughs> I mean, I couldn't. I honestly couldn't. Like, <laughs> I think I'd maybe fire. So b- before before the pandemic, were you in the office or were you yeah. remote? Okay, you that were. was actually a drastic. So yeah, how was the transition to going? Uh, it was crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I went my life, and I don't mean to be dramatic because everyone's life changed overnight. Like, I we all had to. I don't want to act like mine's any different. Everything from my work life to personal life changed. I was going to you know China, Singapore, you know for work and doing stuff for that, and then that still has not come back. Our travel is still very limited back in terms of international travel. I was living in San Francisco because I would have to be in the office for my customers, you know, three or four times a week. And that's no longer the requirement. So it allowed me to move down to LA because literally because I wanted more sun. And I was like, it's, I came down to visit. I was like, I want to move here. Where in LA did you move to? The first time? Uh-huh. Hollywood. The first time, huh? Because I thought everyone moved to Hollywood. More, there, was, there was more than one time? Oh, there was five. Five? <laughs> How many times for boys? <laughs> we're not getting into that. <laughs> they were all mistakes. <laughs> Didn't you move to like Toluca Lakes or something? Okay, we're not talking about that story. We're not talking about What's that. What's the Toluca Lakes story? <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't heard this one yet. It was worth it. It was a good time. It was fun. Honestly, live your best life. Do what you got to do. <laughs> you know, it was... I was within six months of being out at that point and... Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, I was a little... I was a little boy in the candy shop. <laughs> yes, literally. Uh, but what about this culture? Um, I think you've mentioned it briefly before, where when you're single, you're not taken as seriously for a promotion yeah. versus your married counterparts at work. You know, it's interesting because this is this is something I think about because I don't bring up to my team my sexuality. and It's pretty obvious, but yeah. It is, yeah. but my hands don't come across as much. And I'm, I'm assuming now I've made enough like comments over the past two years where they, I think they know. But <laughs> I know some of them definitely know. <laughs> they, ha- they haven't said anything about it in any way? No, we just we don't really talk about it. I think where it really comes into, you know, you go to these happy hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and it's, they're a lot less since COVID, but when you're in a corporate culture and you go to these like big events what you're used to seeing is, you know, your leadership with a female counterpart and they have the perfect family. You know, they have like, they, they have this beautiful image that is what, you know, leadership wants to see as a stable life. And I'm not saying they don't see that from an LGBTQ culture, but it fits the norm of what America sees as your leaders in America at corporate culture was as a male and a female with, you know, a kid or two or maybe three. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what's viewed as someone that's, we want to promote them, you know, they got a good family. Because it's like, when you get to these corporate level VP roles, you're not just meeting these people for the first time. They know your families. They know, they know like your past. Yeah. And you have to fit this stable thing that the 
that these large corporations have relied on for 20 years, which is, do you fit this image where you can come to this corporate event, bring your wife? And I'm not saying that they're, like by any means, I'm not saying it goes against being gay, but it's like, that is something that I think has not necessarily been addressed. It's like, how do you show up to an event with a husband or with a wife if you're, you know, a female and like you're, you're gay or, you know, stretching across the, across the spectrum of LGBTQ+. It's like, how do you, like, there's still not a normalization around what does that look like in corporate America from a, a like a, from a, like a leadership perspective. Yeah. And it's changing, but it's still not there. It's changing. It is. And it's yeah. like, you, you look at like with Tim Cook at Apple, he's, he's gay. He's gay. He doesn't talk about it much, which I respect. He's a very private guy, like very, very private guy. And the CEO of Apple's gay. Yes. This is, unfortunately he was outed by, I think one of the CNBC or NBC or one of the, the news channels, but, uh, um, husband hot. I don't know if he has a husband. He's single. I think he's single. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly have hold no on, idea. Hold on. Hold on. He's okay. Let's, can we confirm that? No, you can look it up yeah. right now. Is he single? I don't know if he's single. Oh, wait, are you looking? I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if he's single, girl, thing. come do on now. Thing. Don't play with it. Um, Drew, for one of us, you know. I mean, I'm, it's not my type. I mean. Oh, we're going to get into that. Um, <laughs> but, but before we get into that. He's, he's not Yeah, he's, he's super private. That's why we're talking to the producer, guys. Um, okay. He's, he's super private. I respect that. You know, if he wants to be private, he can absolutely have that option. And I think with his role, he kind of has to be that way. Mm, you're a public figure. No, it's I think, a little different. I think with that role, you, you have to be kind of private. About, because you can about be yourself. private, but you're a public figure at that point. So it's kind of hard. Like you didn't necessarily sign up for it, but you signed up to be the CEO of a huge yeah, but, conglomerate. A but every single move you make affects the business and affects but your life. Let me put it this way. Your husband is. Look how much being public and open has hurt Elon Musk. Well, he's, it's a, a little different. Because he a craves lot. the attention. It, yeah, they're like on the two ends of the spectrum. You have Tim Cook, who doesn't talk about anything. Mm-hmm. And you have Elon Musk, who's an open book, and he doesn't so. care what other people think about his How actions. How many baby mamas does Elon have? Oh, you guys like should read five, his, right? I, I, This may be perceived the wrong way, because uh, I know there's a lot of hate towards him. But I, I think when you look, look at Elon through a certain context, there's, I think there's a lot of media that misconstrues his, his interest in life. But... <laughs> Where he, what he is doing, huh? no one in this world has shown the capability to do. Like he is the the Albert Einstein, the Steve Jobs of our generation. Yeah, next level. Just like no, no one like can shove all the hate aside. You know, I would agree that he's made comments that are very insensitive. You know, but it's you kind of have to. You can't just like focus in on that. You have to take it from a bigger perspective. And to your point. How many baby moms did you have? He had in his new biography, I don't know what it, but he had complete access with Walter Isaacson, who wrote the Steve Jobs biography. Like they, Steve Jobs spent time with Walter before he died. Um, Elon spent over three years with Walter to get this biography out. So like he had, he didn't read it before it was released. He had two girls in the same hospital having a baby at the same time, and neither one did. And I'm like, wow, I. But the girls knew what was going on. Do you idolize him since you're in that sort of corporate? and kind of I think idolize is an extreme word because I don't tend to idolize anyone because I think that's unhealthy do I respect him for what he's done in his business career absolutely but to idolize him but the thing is is like 
all the females were not like they were all the girls were they were aware of what was going on they were aware yes yeah. i don't know if they were aware that they were having babies in the same hospital at the same time but they were aware they were not exclusive yeah yeah i mean he's He's a he's very much procreate because if you do look at it, the statistics show that our our society is yeah, and all his kids go to like dwindling. private school. Yeah, at his house, I want he bought a house to make it a school. The Astros, the Astros, yeah. or something like that school. Yeah, it's actually incredible. I mean, I mean, look at how he involuntarily got involved with having Starlink set up. How does he fit within the binary of corporate America? Because he he's has Twitter war fingers. Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely he's, he's a not. walking liability, right? Like, how does that... Like, no one in corporate America does that, really. Ever. Never. Like, he is an outlier when it comes to a corporate CEO. I would, I would lose my mind if I saw any other CEO of the company at the level that he works with act the way he does. And how does your CEO act? Jeez. I I have a lot of respect for <laughs> for the Cisco CEO. Um, I think he is uh, he comes from a very southern part of the United States. It's Georgia, and he was the son of a pastor. Uh, I've like he's a very respectful man, Chuck Robbins, um, and I I he's always very quick to speak up on issues that are prominent, and he keeps the employees very much informed on. So opposite of Elon. I think Elon's a little too honest. How so? Because there's two ways. And you got to acknowledge this because this is the biggest difference around Elon. Elon doesn't care about his investors. 99% of the tech investors, almost 100% of the tech investors or the tech CEOs care about their investors. They're two very different people. Yeah. And this is a hard comment for me to make because I, I'm just saying Elon just doesn't give doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He just he's on a mission. He's on a mission. He's, he's on a mission. And if he doesn't care if you dedicated 20 years of your life to him, he'll fire you on the spot if he sees you degrading because he looks at people as tools that get worn out. Yeah. And that's because the whole question of biography that, that was really interesting that it tried to answer was, do you have to be an, excuse my language, but do you have to be an asshole to get your results that you need to be successful? And the previous guy, this guy I interviewed was Steve Jobs, who was very much a very similar kind of human being. Yeah. Elon Musk is very much that way. He looks at humans. He is like, I have this plan in my mind. I want to make this multi-planetary. I want to get this accomplished. And if you're preventing from me this accomplished, then get out of the way and I'll fire you and we'll go on to someone else. So allegedly they are uh, considered formerly known as Asperger's. They're on the spectrum now considered allegedly. Do you think and mind you, like when I worked in the corporate America, like the people that I've met that were the most successful, they kind of were on the spectrum, a little off. I mean, and does he, that help with their success? The thing is, it does. But I also I don't want to say it because I'm sure they have things that hurt their success as well. But he acknowledges that straight up in the book. What does he have? Asperger's. I, I believe he calls it that. Yes. Okay, that's what. It was uh, I don't. I like. I read this book and literally. 24 or 48 hours, like over span, like I literally stayed up all night because I was so fascinated by it. Um, but it explains the reason why he acts the way he does. And it's because he doesn't have the emotional connection most of us have with human beings. He he has a goal in his mind he wants to achieve. And if you get in his way and you aren't assisting that, then please get out of my way kindly 
despite you attributing 20 years of your life to my projects, I'm sorry that you're no longer assisting, you're falling down, so I need to hire someone else. So do you think he plays the part, or do you think it, it's just become him throughout the years? I think since he continues to deliver on execution, mm-hmm. it's just part of who he's been. I think it's, obviously there's probably a balance of both there, but I think it's mostly like, I mean, what he's doing with Starship is incredible. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, the media doesn't really report on that. The things he's doing in the, the like, like the electric car company, like with Tesla, and now everyone's going to EVs, like no one would have gone to EVs if it wasn't for Tesla. Yeah, They literally have started, like, Ford literally crushed all their EVs in the 90s mm-hmm. because of the fact they didn't see a way to make money on them. But now the Tesla has impacted, I mean, it's still a small percentage of the total cars sold in America in a year, but it's gaining traction rapidly. Yeah. And the governance center is being passed is insane. So it's now forced every car. So it's like he's made historic strides, not to mention what he's done with Starlink, like giving Ukraine internet during the mm-hmm. war. And a lot of people look at that and... Uh, interesting way, which, you know, we don't want to get in that, that part, but he's done a lot of things that have impacted the world for what I would think the better. Um, People can obviously argue the, like it's for the worst, but everything you're arguing for the worst would be if he didn't even do these things in the first place, there would be no worst argument to even had. Yeah, no, he's definitely an amazing person and he's accomplished so much in yeah. his short life and I'm, I'm sure he's going to continue to do so. I, and without his, He's going to have his controversies on the, on the side. Yeah, but. definitely. What and, and, no. In the workplace. So in your career, um, how, do, how do you feel like you're pro- you've been progressing uh, experience-wise? Do you feel like you've had to uh, have that persona or that personality as well? Have you had to change it a little bit when it comes to uh, the hierarchy and moving up in your company? So it's it's very interesting. There's only so much I can say about that. Um, when it comes to corporate culture, from my experience, it's easier to move up when you leave and come back. Well, um, there's a fact to that. So there's like literally a study that shows like if t- people that leave to every two years to a different company, and that's I would actually make more money in their lifetime. I would that's say that I would agree with that. And I can probably, I can't really say too much more on that, oh, but it's, at, at the end of the day, it's corporations are built to sustain you as an employee yeah. without you leaving. And HR is there to protect the corporation. <laughs> what I've talked with other people, if you leave, you generally get promoted higher up yeah. and quicker than if you were to stay. Yeah. So I would agree with that stat that Adrian is saying. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't exploring the whole me coming out as gay side of things, I would have left earlier. But I realized I was in such a stable place of me being comfortable in my work spot that it gave mm-hmm. me the ability to explore myself as a human being and being gay and you know coming out as gay. It's like I only came out at 26, so still you know three years new to this and. I took advantage of the fact that, you know, I've done a lot of success for Cisco. I built that up and it's given me the flexibility to basically explore myself on a dating mechanism that I have never been able to do before. Before, So I knew that if I was to jump into a new role, it would delay that even further because mm-hmm. it would have to be the stress of adopting and understanding the new, I guess. So your queerness has hindered you? I don't want to say that because it's made me much happier. So I don't think hindered the white hindered is the right word at all well, corporately i'm just saying the challenges that i faced with corporate culture made me realize what's really going to make me happy in life 
being gay. Acknowledging that I'm gay, not being gay. Right. Uh, but granted, you are from Kentucky. Yes. Which we have not gotten to that. Do you think maybe that has something to do with it? Uh, it absolutely does. So, I went to a Catholic school that had a graduating class of 38 kids. Like my, my high school was 38 people. So, And you just, like, came, out, you just came out recently. 26. So we're looking at a little less 26. than three years now. Oh, that's really recent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us about Kentucky. Yeah. What was it like growing up there? Did you always know you were gay? It was never an option for me to come out in Kentucky. Like that was never going to be the case. There was absolutely no way. Really? Why is that? Going to a Catholic school. The, the culture, it was Catholic school. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. There was no way that I wasn't going to do that. And I think subconsciously, that's why I always wanted to go to California, because I always knew that it was much more accepting there. Mm -hmm. When I got there, I felt that. I still mm -hmm. wasn't comfortable enough with myself to do it in San Francisco. Yeah. But when I was in LA, I felt like no one... Right. You weren't no comfortable enough to do no it. No one cares at all. No yeah. one cared because everyone, is here, everyone here is doing something so wild. But you weren't, and, and yeah, it's and like, LA is a crazy place for sure. Like, like you could say you're gay, but the, the next person you meet is having a threesome up in the hills with some random celebrity. And, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, it's like being gay here is not weird. It's, it's the norm. <laughs> it's the norm. But San Francisco is the Mecca for the queers. Like, what? I, I don't think, but it's, again, it's, I think I need to prove myself in my career because that's where it was like where my proving grounds were. That's where my first three years of this job that I got. That Proving yourself in your career to do what with your sexuality? Buy your boyfriend? No, no, because I didn't even think about my sexuality at that point. Okay. I just, I literally was just like, I was, I grew up with starting my own business. I knew I was successful. I just wanted to prove that to everyone else that like I could do all this business stuff and, you know, succeed. So, you, so you started I basically was asexual, not really, but. Kind of, kind of, sort of, kind of. So it's like, it's like, it never really mattered to me, to me at that at that point about having a boyfriend or hooking up because I was this young, like motivated. Yeah. Did your Did your friends know? Did they ever come they out? Had a good come, idea. Did they yeah. come back and be like, "Yeah, I knew yeah. it the whole my, time." My friends, my parents, <laughs> my, I mean, my my parents had a good idea too. I think. Okay. Um, okay. I just think I was oblivious to it. For the but you're also time. the only boy. Yeah, I was a baby. I'm the last. I can only carry on the name. Like my my last name can only so be carried. That's on. a lot of pressure. It, to me, it was. My parents never made me feel that way, but to me, it was. I was like, I don't want this name to die. Yeah. Like the name's gonna die if I don't carry it on. It's a cute last name. Yeah, but, 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 you can, <laughs> but yeah, you can still do that, right? Hyphenate. Yeah, we can hyphenate. Yeah. No. <laughs> You'll be fine. Oh no, I definitely want to marry. I want to have kids. Like I want to. I want to go that route. But. So, do you think that you choosing to get your success? Right, like you're choosing to, you know, you chose the avenue of success. You've been in sort of predicaments and relationships, casual relationships with men. Did you feel like because you were in that such a financial position, you would you dated men that? I mean, did you date men that were on the same level as you? No, I did not. Were they above? No. How far below? So, I want to keep this corporate focused, um, but I did tend to date. Buying a boyfriend is always corporate focused. No, it's not. It's not <laughs> acceptable. Like, that's not okay because it, it buys fake love. Um, so, I mean, Drake's song. I, I think I'm, I tend to be more attracted to younger guys, but I don't think that 
I'm, I'm absolutely not up to buying them. I'm not a Leonardo DiCaprio that sticks at the age of under 26. What's the max age? I don't, I haven't, I haven't set one. What's the, well, I mean, you know what? This is the weirdest thing because the two of you, we've had conversations about this, have a similar type. Gender differentiates. Type, age-wise, like this is how you guys get along. You both yeah, love definitely, yeah. younger. Young, younger is better for us. Why? I think. It's more fun. It's more fun. It's, a, it's the excitement. Is it a control thing? Definitely not. No. Definitely not. No, I don't, I don't feel Definitely the need not. to have control over others. I just like the energy they bring. Exactly. They're so much fun. They, yeah. They, they're so adventurous. They love to. They're, they're just beautifully unaware of reality. And I think there's times I wish I could go back to that. So do you, like, do you find more people, in, since you work in the corporate sector, do you find more people that Not you have all. stuff in common with? Or no. is, it, is it like you want to find somebody that's outside of that range? I prefer to find someone outside the range mm-hmm. because I like the idea of me bringing something back to a relationship and educating and sharing someone on. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I want to do, and I'm not opposed to it, don't get me wrong. The last thing I want to do is find someone else in the tech space. Because I don't want us to, to f- come back at the end and talk about the dinner table about tech all day. Like, so especially if you but work then it's like, But on the other side, it's like having someone that can understand you, that knows what you're going through, that can yeah. kind of support you in a different way, right? Or, That's a way to look at it, I guess. I didn't think, think of it from that, that perspective. I guess I looked at it more from the learning perspective. I just like, yeah. I love learning. And so, like, biomed would be mm. so fascinating to me. Like, uh, areas that I'm... And this sounds so, I don't mean to sound this like so usatory, but it's like areas that I want to invest in the future that I know is good for mm-hmm. human, human good. Like uh, if they're doing some science that's like research related, would farm, love man. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well not necessarily big farm. Well, you work in a really high pressure environment, right? Yeah. So it's sometimes it's kind of difficult to date somebody that doesn't understand what you have to do on a daily basis and all the stress that, that goes into it, right? Right. And it's like, because I don't want my life to be me coming home and saying, let me talk about the horrible day I just had. Yeah, that's too like funny. it's like <laughs> like let's talk about the great day you had. Like yeah. I just I don't I I've realized as I've gotten more into this stuff, it's more about me enjoying the areas outside of my life that I don't know about than harping on the areas that I'm not enjoying. There is an aspect of ignorance is bliss with having a partner that doesn't know yeah. really fully understand what you're doing. That makes sense. Yeah. With in that understanding, like, okay, like you are working in this space, would you be, would, do you have more traditional values when it comes to dating in a sense where your partner wouldn't have to work if you guys were to have kids? Or how do you see that? Would you be the stay at home dad? Oh, yeah. How does that, how does that work? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm straight, so I don't know how that all works. I mean, there's a lot of straight couples that have. Reverse roles. Yeah, yeah, but in, in you know in the gay world. I mean, I think for you, I don't think it's in, in the gay world. For you, I think in the so gay world is different. Yeah. Can I can I rephrase this question? Make sure I understand it correctly. Yeah. Okay. So basically, how do we decide what it would be like for my partner to decide who would raise the kids? How would you specifically decide? Because the partner is non-existent at this very moment. So I I'm very open to that conversation. I I'm more about finding the right person that I want to spend my life with and that I can raise kids with. 
and I'm only making sacrifices on the back end if, if it's the right person. Would you give up your career? Yes, for 20, 10 to 20 years, I would do that if that's what was necessary. You know, you sound like those people that say like money doesn't matter and it's usually the person with the money that says money doesn't matter. Well, I don't like but, to put it that way because okay. it's not it's not healthy. Like that's not a way to look at it. Because you've already established it. So therefore now you're looking for what you don't have, but it's still beautiful. Because even if you don't have money, you're looking for what you don't have. Yeah, you're looking for money at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, when you it's, have it, it's the reverse. Yeah. Like and let me tell you the happiness and unhappiness is the exact same. The happiness of finding someone and the happiness of having money, I think, are very similar. So are, are we saying you would prioritize finding love more than a career if, we, if you were to go back? I mean, I, I'm not going back anywhere because I'm keeping it where I'm at. <laughs> so let me, let me make sure that's no, clarified. I, <laughs> uh, I still have my job. Like, everything's fine there. But... Finding love has definitely been my priority the past three years since I've come yeah. out. That's the whole, the whole reason behind it, yeah. You're doing a good job. We're you're making progress. Job. You're doing a good job. I mean, you are single. You're doing well. I'm having fun. You're having fun. <laughs> um, and then, I guess, what advice do you have for someone that has questions about going into the corporate structure, any person who's already in a corporate structure and struggling with their identity or the people that are kind of going through the same journey as you where they're looking to secure love at this point in their life after. Okay, that's a loaded question. So that comes to, yeah. is it is it security in finding, there's a couple of ways I can address this question, and is it security in finding success and fulfillment in your corporate culture? Is it security in finding success promoting your daily life? Those are two ways I can answer that question because I've struggled with both of those. And I would say first and foremost, when it comes to finding your success in corporate culture, it's find a mentor that, it, this is what I'm so surprised at at Cisco. And I think there's a lot more companies, not every company, because I know for a fact there's some that's not like this, but a lot of companies are very much on the idea of, if you just reach out in your young career, people are gonna help you out. Yeah. People have a natural good heart to help you out. I genuinely believe that at Cisco. And like I've never had anyone tell me no. And so where I've had mentors help me out above was reaching out to operations directors that told me how to negotiate my salary. And they gave me the pay ranges and how high I could go. And like that is something that every person working in a large corporation should take advantage of. Why do they keep those so secret? Because that's always been the tradition. Why? When have you ever heard about a company? Because wh why? Because why would they want to tell you what the most you could make is? Yeah, because they're, they're, they want to save money. Yeah. So, yeah. so you find the mentors that are really care about you, and they know the pay ranges, and they're able to help you out on that. Yeah, but no, I get why the corporation does it. But why do the people in that work for the corporation keep it so secret? They don't. They keep it secret, one, because it saves them money. But it's like, if you find the right mentor, they'll tell you it. They're just not supposed to. They're, no, no, they legally are, can. It's not they like They can. A, yeah. But again... It's just cultural taboo. But why would that person display that on their LinkedIn profile if it's going to get them fired? I mean... They yeah, can't so legally fire them for that. How, how do you find the right mentor? Uh, in, a, in many corporates, 
environments, isn't it difficult to find somebody that's working for you? It absolutely is. That's actually a really good question. Um, I found my best mentors going to happy hours. Really? And yeah. Of course Drew's at a happy hour. <laughs> well, I mean, it's this was when I was in Raleigh. And so these people would fly in for their customer meetings because we have a big, we, our East Coast like headquarters is basically in Raleigh. Um, and these people would, would fly in and then we, they would invite their early in career into. So one, even if you're not invited to this, always take advantage of your early in career. If you go to work for a large corporation, just say, hey, I just joined this corporation. I want to talk to you about um, like how, how I progress my route that I'm doing, whether it be sales, marketing, finance, whatever it is. People love to help others out. There's, I know a few companies that are not like that, but most large corporations are very much about helping others out. And then you just send that same email, you know, change it up according to their job, their subscription, or their, their like recommendations and whatnot. But you send, that, you send that kind of similar email to each one until you connect with someone. And then they'll end up talking to you and you'll know if you have a right hit or not. Like I, I talked with several people and there was one person that specifically who I hit it off the bat, right off, like right off the bat. I, I, we hit it off and she's been my mentor for over six years now. And I, she stands out more than any other person. But before that, I talked with probably 20 other people. It's the initiative. It's, it's like, you've got to be persistent with it. You're not going to like, you'll know when you find the right one. And what kind of things does she bring for you to the table? Does she help you find new positions? Does she help? So you, unfortunately does she, she doesn't, does she give you advice? She doesn't like, work for Cisco anymore. Okay. Um, but she was, and a very high up executive there. Uh, and we were just not even, like, we would talk about her vacations that mm-hmm. were over. She went on African safaris and like our conversations were even work related. Did she say Africa changed your life or something? No, she's actually yeah. from South Africa. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a different part, <laughs> but, uh, so no, she, she, I just like, I, and in return, she runs a non-profit that I helped build her website for. And that's how I like was able to add value back to her. So I think one of the biggest things is how do you add bad value back for your mentors to where mm-hmm. they see progress from what you're doing. And as millennial, we all have in Gen Z, sorry, I don't want to leave them out because they're very big, but it's like, as you come into the workforce, you have a lot of talents. These older people don't have offer those up and see how you can help their individual causes. Like a lot of these older people have nonprofit organizations. Can you make, remake their TikTok account. You mm-hmm. remake their social media profiles. Like how do you become invaluable to them? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's where like I kind of found my mentor is how mm-hmm. can I add value back to her? And it was such a mutual beneficial relationship that it extended beyond work. We're almost done. I no, mean, I, I don't want you to end <laughs> this, but I do have a little game to play with. All right, you. let's play it. It's called corporate email. Oh my god. And let's see. Okay, I'll read one. I think you can read it too. Okay, go so ahead. I'll go first. Okay. What does it mean when someone says, per my last email? Per my last email, they're low cut, they're like low key being sassy and they're they're just demanding responses. I, I they're demanding responses <laughs> that are long overdue, probably on your part, but it's probably not important on your part. So it's like low priority, but they're yeah. just mad. But they're mad because they think their job is most important. 
Is it not like a, did you not read what I said? Are you dumb or <laughs> from my perspective, I haven't responded because it's not a priority on my list. Mm. Same. Like I'm dealing with 10 other things and you think this is important, but I'm guaranteeing you this is not going to resolve the issues in my life that I'm dealing with. <laughs> Everyone's the main character in their own story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, what okay. else you got? Go ahead. To reiterate, what does that mean? The sa- like, that's, like, that's like the same thing, that's right? That's like the same. No, <laughs> like, but to reiterate is like, yeah, it's like the same. Hold on. Let's again, move on from that one. You can't okay. read. <laughs> Moving forward. Moving forward. I don't, I would only take that offense if it was after there was a major issue. Usually there is. Well, then fucking have a conversation in my face. <laughs> Sorry. That means like, don't try me again, right? Like, yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean, in your industry, a lot of people don't have that those those, <laughs> True, those conversations, okay. right? Like, I'm don't. good. I just like I never get these responses. This is what's so interesting. <laughs> um, okay, this one happens a lot. Okay, give me this one. I've copied or I've cc'd someone stuff. Oh, I've done that. This happens every third email that I send to you after not following up. So. If I've seat seat someone, it's because you guys didn't do your job and I've had to bring your management into it after I've tried to play it politely and not do your management. Like I, I've actually played this card a lot recently <laughs> and I hate playing it because it's like, I'm not trying to be an asshole. It's messy. It's messy. It's messy, but I'm not trying to be messy. I'm just like, you cause an issue. You have not fixed the issue after three weeks. Or you just don't respond. Or you just don't respond. And now it's making my life hell. So here we are to fix this. And your boss is on the line. Yeah, that one's very common. That one is yeah. very common. Um, kind regards. I think I do that anyways. Oh, you do that anyways? Yeah. But it means I just don't care. Yeah. That's like the more... <laughs> oh, best regards. That's my nicer way of saying Best regards. Instead just... of kind regards, I say best regards. That's a good... Yeah. It's like you don't really care. Yeah. Is that what that means? You don't really care? I said that to everyone. <laughs> yeah, kind of regards is like basic, like email formality. Mm-hmm. But it, the cup says fuck you. <laughs> I mean, sorry. Wait, should we go to Gen Z email signatures? Oh my God, they would be crazy. But no. It's like slay. Oh God, no, 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 no. We're not going into that. That would be, <laughs> yeah, it's like slay sister, honey bunny, or something like that. Um, well, Drew. No cat. <laughs> I mean, I, I use that though. I use that though. No, does the email sign off? No, God, no. Do they actually do that? Yes. Like, on guard. Do they? <laughs> big purr. <laughs> no, okay. it's not big. It's just purr. Oh, do they purr? really? It's just purr. Yeah, it's and just, then you sign off. I didn't know it was just purr. Yeah, you just sign off as purr. And then P-U-R-P-E-R. you. P-U-R-P-E-R. P-U-R-R-R-R-R. And sign off. No way. That's a really thing? That's the thing. Do they put period? I have a whole video. I can share it with you no guys. No way. <laughs> yes. Do they say period? Yeah, that's another one. Period, and then <laughs> not like just the dot period. They just write it out. No, they write it out, and then. Oh my it's... God. Uh, um, anyways, okay, Drew, thank you so much <laughs> for coming. I could literally talk to you for another like five hours. Um, that's it. And then, can you tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram or LinkedIn? Yeah. So my Instagram is go to Adrian's and look for me. It's I'm just kidding. It's I think it's Drew underscore Shever is what it is. S H E V E R. Um, so you type in D-R-E-W and then S-H-E-V-E-R. I'll be the first one that comes up in a little cute coat with some snowflakes. 
Yeah, thanks for being on the show again. Yeah, we really thank appreciate you guys for having me. This was we fun. appreciate you being here for us. Yeah, that's Fine. good. I like your outfits, George. I like yours better. <laughs> what a bromance. <laughs> oh, uh, that was so I'll fun. let you guys do your thing. <laughs> <laughs>